Psalm chapter number 55 is where we will be this morning. Psalm chapter number 55. I promise not to keep you long if you say amen. Amen. You guys are on it today. Oh, me. Psalm chapter number 55, an interesting psalm. You know, the the psalms are the Hebrew songbook. They were written by a variety of people. Uh, Many times we can gather and garner truths about that person's life and how they turn to the Lord during a, a time of difficulty and struggle. I don't know how many of you listen to radio or radio stations. I was sharing that today in our Sunday school class, how I was flipping through the stations this week, trying to find an acceptable station to listen to. And and it said, some people have a problem with how many times we say the word Texas. He said, and to that we say Texas, Texas, Texas. He went on to say, I I don't know what station it was, but... um, I used to listen to a radio station a lot on the internet called KFBN. It was out of Fargo, North Dakota. Some of the reason I listened to them is because they played my music on their radio station. But one of the one of the things that they did throughout the day was they'd always have a verse of the day. And their verse of the day would often just speak to my heart. It kept me thinking about the things of the Lord. And I, I just like to say this today, friend. Christian music can help you and bless your heart. That song that we just heard will keep you good with the Lord. And it'll remind you that we ought to be humbled when we come to the cross. And humbled for what God did for us. And you should be listening to godly music. It's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to meditate and to think about Scripture. Scripture is something that we're supposed to meditate upon. Scripture is something that we're not just supposed to read through. We're supposed to chew on it. And there was one, one time when I was listening to this radio station where they, their verse of the day was this. Psalm 55, the first part of verse number 22, which we're going to read today, and then we'll bow for prayer. Psalm 55 and verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord... And he shall sustain thee. I'll read that one more time. The first part of verse number 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. And he shall sustain thee. Let's bow. Father in heaven, we've come to this time where we will preach your word. Lord, we know that by the foolishness of preaching, you have chosen to work in the hearts and lives of people. I pray, Lord, that you'd work in this service. That you'd speak to the hearts of those that are before us. I pray, Lord, that you'll just work mightily as we preach your word. Keep me out of the way. Help me not to say things I shouldn't. And Father, I pray that you'd speak to hearts today. We pray and ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to remind everybody today who's carrying a cell phone that there is something on the side of your phone, if you're carrying an iPhone, that's called a little toggle. And that toggle will silence your phone. Please do that at this time if you have a phone. If you don't know how to turn your phone on silent, would you please turn it off for the next 30 minutes? And if you are a teenager and you are hooked on TikTok, Instagram, and all other forms of social media, could you turn that off for just a moment and listen to the preaching of the Word of God? Can I get a witness in the congregation? This is not a place for video games, amen? It used to really irritate me when I walked in church and teenagers be sitting around playing games. You know what I didn't do when I came to church when I was a young man? First of all, I didn't have a phone. We didn't carry phones away from the house. 
I certainly wasn't playing video games when I came to church. This is a house of worship. Turn your games off, please. You say, the pastor's being mean today. I'm just trying to give you a piece of advice. This is a free sermon. I'm trying to help you today. And so in Psalm chapter number 55, we have this great encouraging word where it says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. You know, if you go through this psalm and read the situations that had taken place in the psalmist's life, you might find that this was a, a songwriter, obviously. In Psalm 55, the inscription says that it's a, a psalm of David. It says, to the chief musician on Neginoth, Maschil. That word Maschil means instructive. That means we can learn from this particular passage in the Bible. We can learn from the song. And as David comes into this, this prayer, and we're not going to take time to read the entire thing, it starts off in verse number one where he's asking the Lord to listen to him. Have you ever asked somebody to listen to you? Give ear to my prayer, O God, David says. Have you ever said to your, to your son or your daughter, son or, or daughter, would you listen to me? Would you lend me your ear? Would you, would you hear me? I, I remember as I was in the, the army, I, I, I decided that I was going to join the army uh, when, I, when I got out of high school. And it was a good thing for me to join the army. And uh, people that didn't like me too much who wear these flat brim caps and they, they called me every name but Boojack. They called me boot rack. They called me other things that I'm not going to go into. All I can tell you is that they did not speak to me as with, with very much respect. But I'll tell you what I wanted to do. I wanted to listen to them. I wanted to hearken to them. I wanted my ear to be bent towards what they were telling me because Quite frankly, they could inflict a lot of pain on me, and they could humiliate me, and they could, they could make me feel like I was anything but I, that I, I, other than I was. My brother was leaving uh, basic training when I was coming in, and he said, whatever you do, don't stick out. He's like, blend in. And then the first week, they put me in a pair of boots that was putting, uh, putting blisters all over my feet. And when somebody saw those blisters on my feet, they had me wear white tennis shoes with my fatigues. Company of 300. 300 young men, all privates or, or very low rank in, in, in the army, were all wearing black military boots. But one person in the place was wearing white tennis shoes. It was me. And so every day at chow, they would call me over. This guy, Decker, would say, boot, boot rack, get over here. And he'd call me over, and I wasn't allowed to look him in the eye. And I'd come over with my, my you know, the chow tray. And he'd say, if you ever go to war, you're going to get shot in one of two places. He said, your feet or your head. Now get out of here. And that was how I was treated every day of basic training. That's why I tried to give him my ear. I wanted to listen to what uh, to, I wanted to listen to what they were trying to tell me. Uh, they, they, they would make an example out of people, and it wasn't too pleasant. But there are times of our lives where we're certainly in some type of trouble, where we really it's, it's more important for us to pray at that time. I've seen people who weren't really people of prayer go through a time of trouble in their life, where one of their family members got in trouble or they got hurt. Or somebody went off to be with the Lord and somebody was, was, was grieving in such a way as to where they were taking things overboard and they were thinking about doing uh, bad things and just difficulties were taking place in life where men that wouldn't ordinarily visit an altar had come down to the altar and they wept and prayed. 
Yesterday, as we had the men's prayer breakfast, uh, we, we enjoy eating eggs and bacon and sausage and things like that. Can I get a witness in the congregation? Those are some good things to eat in the morning. And we got together and prayed. And I can tell you that there were tears that were shed around the table where we were praying. I'm so thankful that we have a God that listens to prayer and a God that we can go to. David knew that he had a God that he could go to in prayer. And he says to the Lord, give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Supplication is like a a boiling prayer, a prayer with sweat, if you will. He says, attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. David's basically saying, I've got things going on in my life and I want you to hear about it. And he tells you what he's thinking about in verse number three. He says, the voice of the enemy, because of the voice of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me and in wrath they hate me. David was talking about things that were beyond his control. You can't control if someone likes you or doesn't. Some of you think you may be able to do that. Young people, be careful how far you'll go to make somebody like you. Sometimes you just need to say no and move on from people. Sometimes people are all about themselves and they'll use you in this life and you need to be careful. But the the scripture talks about a painful heart in verse number four. His heart was full of pain. It was a time of prayer. It was a time of trouble. It was a time of mourning. In verse number four, he says, my heart is sore pained within me and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. When there was a time of fear, the psalmist knew where to go. My friends, today in verse number five, it talks about fearfulness and trembling. This world is going to produce a faintness of heart. There's so many people dealing with stress and anxiety and heavy burdens today. I'm not telling you that you're any different from people of the past, but I'm here to tell you burdens of life. It just goes along with the territory. This isn't the first time that there's been wars going on in the world or rumors of wars. This isn't the first time where there's been a conflict in Israel. This isn't the first time where our country has had people who are on opposite sides of the fence and thought totally differently about certain things or or thought we should triage issues in different ways. There's always been arguments and things like this. There's a lot of people who are overwhelmed with fear today. They're worried about tomorrow. I could tell you this, after having my first grandchild born here recently, I wonder what kind of world that child will grow up in. And I'm concerned about it, but I'll tell you this, I know who holds tomorrow. His name is the Lord, and we know that he can be trusted. So David was coming to the Lord during this time of pain. It was a fearful time. And, you know, one of the things that often people do when they go through times of trouble is they think, I just need to change my location. Years ago, I moved to a place called St. Clair, Missouri. I didn't know at the time that it was the the methamphetamine capital of the world. I moved to this town and uh, I joined a good church there and I started ministering there. I, I made my life about the nursing homes and the jails and young people. I coached the Christian school basketball team and worked in the school and did Bible studies in the morning with the young people. And I gave my life to the Lord and served there. And But I meet people at the jail who would often say, if, if I could just do anything, if I could, you know, once I get out of jail, I just need to leave this town. And I said, what do you think leaving this town is going to do? You're going to be wherever you go. (laughs) You know, if you leave and you think leaving and going to a different location is going to solve your problems, all your problems are going to follow you. You know, some people, they have this little thing called a cell phone. And no matter where they are, they could be thousands of miles away from people, but they're still there with them because they have access to their lives. You know, some of you need to improve your friend list on Facebook. 
you know, maybe unfriend some people. Take them out of your contact list. Some people, you know, you, you're known by who your friends are. These are my friends. Amen. This is where I'm going to spend my time around the Lord's church. My closest friends are going to be around the Lord's church. You know, the people that are around the Lord's church aren't going to be taking you to places you oughtn't to go. They're not going to be offering you things that you shouldn't shouldn't be uh, partaking in. And these these people that I would meet there, they thought that changing their location would solve the problem. Many people have a troubled marriage and a troubled relationship. And they think if I just leave this relationship and go on to the next relationship, everything's going to work out hunky-dory and then they find out that the very next relationship they go to has the same problems that they had before why because leaving doesn't solve the problem David's having a problem in his life and he's praying to God and here he talks in verse number six he's talking about a wish that he had you know and this is the way this is common to man like when you go through trouble Sometimes it's easy to think of that time of bliss and rest. Let's just get away from this. I can't deal with this anymore. Verse 6. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and then be at rest. I wish I had wings like a bird. You ever looked at a bird and you were envious of the bird because they could just pick up and fly away. They could go on and they could be at rest. Verse 7. And lo, then I would wander off and remain in the wilderness. He said, think about that. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. So David's talking about his desire to escape. And by the way, that's common to life as well. If you're going through problems, there's sometimes that you go through a heavy burden and a problem. And it'd be real easy to say, you know what, I just don't want to have to deal with this. By the way, sweeping problems under the rug and acting like they're not there never solved anything either. Sometimes we have problems in church and we don't deal with them. We kind of act like, okay, we'll just, you know, put it off to another day to get it right. We shouldn't really do that. We should handle things scripturally the way that God wants us to in our lives. But, you know, acting like problems don't exist or acting like running away is going to solve the issue isn't going to solve anything. David here has a request about his enemies. He's asking for the Lord to destroy his enemies and talks about the description of them, how they're always busy about trying to hurt him. And now they're full of wickedness and lies and deceit. And it just, we, we, he could never get away from it. But then he talked about the betrayal that he went through in life. And he talked about something that we would call church hurts. Some of us who've been in church for a long time, we have church hurts. Now, if you're new to the Lord's church and you, you haven't been a part of a church for a long time, maybe you've never had anybody in church that hurt you or said something to you that may have offended you or, or bothered you. You've never had somebody make a decision that negatively affected you. But for those of us who've been around the Lord's church for a long time, if we were looking for a reason to leave, we would have found it a long time ago, quite frankly. I'm not here for you, and I love you, and I'm thankful that you came to Metropolitan Baptist. What would church be if nobody came to church? I care about people, and I want people to come to church. I really do. But I'm here to worship God today. God's worthy of my worship and my praise. As I come to church, I come with a thankful heart to the Lord. But there's sometimes when when betrayals take place, especially around church. You know, this may be a surprise to you, but the church is full of sinners. Every family in the church, even yours, deals with sin. And people are going to fall short. Sins that are common to life and common to man. There may be somebody who struggles with their tongue in somebody else's family and they run their mouth too much. <laughs> in church, <laughs> you ever dealt with somebody who's running their mouth too much at the grocery store? 
You ever dealt with somebody who's running their mouth too much at the workplace? Listen, I still go to the grocery store, and I still go out to eat, and I still live my life in spite of the fact that I may run into problems with people who run their mouth. Now, listen, we're all on a journey, spiritually speaking. Sometimes I've said things that I shouldn't say. I confess to something this morning where I I made a foolish comment to someone right before an 11 o'clock service. I was telling our Sunday school class, be careful with the pastor today. You know, before I'm coming to the pulpit, try not to include me in problems that I don't need to be made aware of right before the 11 o'clock service. Because I've got a, a sermon and I'm trying to meet the needs of God's people that are coming out to hear. So protect me as we're coming. And, and I was saying that one time when I wasn't pastor and I made a comment that was completely out of line, out of turn. I hadn't slept very well. And these are excuses pretty much. But I just wasn't watching myself. And I let something pass through my lips that offended somebody in church. It was out of line. And I was truly humbled that I wasn't further along in my Christian life than that. And I I caused hurt. Sometimes in church, there's hurts that are caused. Sometimes they're on purpose. Sometimes they're on accident. And I want to say this too. Sometimes you believe something about somebody else. It's not even true. You got something in your mind about someone else. They must not have liked me. They must have something else. You know, you don't know everything that's going on in the operation of somebody else's mind. If you do, then you must be God. And I want to say this. Don't make a God out of your mind because you think things that are not true. And you know who's at work when you think things that aren't true? You know who's not the author of confusion? God. God's not the author of confusion. So if you're believing a bunch of lies, you know who's at work? His name is the devil. He's a great enemy of God's people. And all I can tell you is sometimes people have to go through church hurts. There's a generation of young people today who are learning to respond to the hurts that took place to them in church. They felt like they were harshly judged. They felt like certain families got away with things and their family was never to let get away with it. They see the chasm that takes place just with the people that they've worshipped with. And, And many times they've been hurt, genuinely hurt. But God never told you to worship him as long as your heart wasn't hurt. God never told you to to attend the assembly only if there were perfect people in the assembly or attend the assembly as long as your heart wasn't hurt. In fact, when your heart is hurt, that's the time to come to church more. Now, we've met many who turned their back on God and decided not to come back to the church because of a failure of the pastor, a failure of the pastor's family, a failure of somebody else in the church who said something against them. And I'm not saying that I'm above any of that because some things can take place in our lives that would cause us to be just like the psalmist where there was that desire to get away. I don't want to be here anymore. The hurt is too much. And by the way, there's always a risk to loving people. There's always going to be a risk to loving people. But David went through this betrayal moment. Notice what he says here in Psalm 55. He says in verse number 12, For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide and a mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. He's talking about those that he worshipped the Lord with, people that he was previously a friend with who had betrayed him and it caused him great pain. 
I want to tell you something. There needs to be some as for me moments in your life, just as there was in David's life. David says this. He's going to call upon God. Verse 16. As for me, this is my decision. I've been hurt at church. I've been hurt by people at church that I worshiped with. As for me, I'm going to keep praying to God. I'm not going to stop looking to God. I'm not just going to pray once in a while. You know, some people are only praying when they eat. And that was something that we were taught as young people. How many of you, just by raise of hand, and, and this isn't going to uh, embarrass anybody, how many of you were taught by your parents that before you partook of any food, after the chips at the Mexican restaurant, <laughs> some people ask me if I'm pre-chip or post-chip. I am a post-chip prayer, okay, at the Mexican restaurant. But how many of you are taught by your parents to pray before you ate? All right. Many hands went up in the, in the congregation today. How, when's the last time you were at a restaurant and outside of your table somebody bowed their head and publicly prayed? Not very many praying going on, much praying going on before the food's partaken of. It's kind of scriptural. You look at people who are giving God thanks after they broke bread in the, in the Bible. You can kind of see that. I remember going to Pizza Hut one day in Palmyra, Missouri. I was preaching a message up there as an, when I was working kind of as an evangelist. And, and uh, the pastor called on his youth pastor to pray at the Pizza Hut. I want to tell you something. It was, the, it was a loud prayer. It was a boisterous prayer. He got up on a chair in Pizza Hut where the whole town was in Pizza Hut. And he called out to God. And I want to tell you something. The way he prayed. Our Father in Heaven. (laughs) Everybody shut down. We thought that Jesus was coming from the eastern sky. (laughs) Where's the east? (laughs) He prayed a wonderful prayer. But the whole town knew we were church folks. And they knew where we went to church. They were having a testimony there. They were praying. But, you know, you shouldn't just pray before you eat. David says he prayed frequently to the Lord. Verse 17, evening and morning. You know, most people, when they're getting up today, they check their Facebook page before they go to the Lord in prayer. When they go to bed at night, they're checking TikTok and Instagram and their television and watching the news. They're doing everything but praying. And we wonder why we're not spiritual. Because we're not praying like the old timers did. We're not doing things the way that people who are in the Bible are encouraging us to do it. We need to go back to being old-fashioned Christians and being people of prayer, known by going to the Lord in prayer. Let our family see us in prayer. Let us pray for fun. Let us meet together for fun to pray. I want to tell you something. We had fun yesterday. We laughed. We cried. We ate. We cried after we ate, not from the food. Because we were sharing our burdens with one another. And that brings us to this point in the sermon where at the end of chapter 55, David says this, and it's such a true statement. He said, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. You know, what is a burden? A burden, this word burden is only used one time in the scripture. It's basically a providential lot. It's something that just fell to you. It's something that just happened. It's something that's given to you by providence. February 25th is a special day to me. Two of my children were born on February 25th, my first and last. God brought great change to my life during those 12 years between the first and the last. And I thank the Lord for what he gave to me by providence. But there's certain burdens that comes along with being a parent. 
How many of you are carrying a burden today? You don't need to lift your hand, but you're carrying a burden because of a child. Decisions of children. Things that you wanted to take place in your children's lives. There's just a, a burden that's being carried. Some young people are carrying burdens today. The burdens of secret things that have taken place that have brought a brokenness inside of the heart. I'm here to tell you, young person, if things have taken place in your life and it's brought you to a breaking place, there is a God that can carry your burden. He can help you with that burden. If you have a family today and you're struggling with the burdens of the finances that you don't have enough of and you're trying to raise a family and put food on the table and be a good example to your children and you find yourself failing and falling, the Bible says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Burdens often can be heavy. And I'll say this today. The Bible talks about casting. This is a choice. Some people are carrying all their burdens and life has become very heavy. So heavy, it just feels like you can't even breathe. You ever met somebody that had a nervous breakdown? They had a time, a breaking point in their life. They just couldn't handle it anymore. Something had taken place and it just got too heavy for them. God didn't design you to carry all your burdens on your own. He designed you to throw them on him. This word cast literally means to cast, to throw, to hurl. When you were a kid, did you ever throw anything in the house? My dad had a rule in the house. No throwing balls in the house. Do you know how many times me and my brothers were disobedient? My brother and sister. There were, it wasn't just balls. Don't throw anything in the house. There was stuff getting thrown all the time. So, you know, when I had my own home, I had a rule in my house that we were going to throw balls in the house. Just don't throw it toward the TV or anything that was going to break. And you know what? We have far less broken things in my house than my dad had in his. <laughs> Mind games. It's called reverse psychology, people. No, I'm just, uh, uh, you throw something. The Bible says, cast thy burden upon the Lord. You know what? The Lord could handle every burden that's in this room today. I struggle carrying my own burdens. I've got to be honest with you. Just the burden of my family is hard for me to carry. I'm the pastor of a church. I've got a lot of people that look to me for spiritual strength and help. People that are visiting the hospitals and going through things. In addition to my family and trying to be a good father to my family, I try to carry the burden there is of pastoring a church at like the Metropolitan Baptist Church. And sometimes I'm just letting you know. The burden gets awful heavy, but I know who it's not heavy for. He's called Jesus Christ. Cast thy burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Burdens are not meant for you to be carried alone. They're meant for you to give to the Lord. I want to say this about having a burden, or, or if you have a heavy burden. First of all, there are some people that they don't have many burdens anymore in the spiritual realm because they've given up on the Lord and faith and the whole thing entirely. Something's hurt them. They've got a cold heart. They've got a hard heart. They've got a bitter heart. They've turned against somebody. Hurt them at church. I'll never go back there. I'll never do this again. And they just, they don't have a burden at all. So they can't cast any burdens because there is no burden. You need to allow your heart to have a burden. In order to cast your burden, you need to allow your heart to have a burden. There's some parents here today, and they've got great burdens for their children. Their heart's not hard for their children. Their heart's not bitter. Their heart isn't selfish. Their heart is selfless, and they want to do something. And we were talking yesterday, and one of the men said, I'm a man. I'm a fixer. I wanted to fix the problems in my family, but I couldn't fix it.
Wouldn't you like to fix all their problems? There's some things you can't fix. And that's why it's good to get on your knees, because we know the one who can fix it. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. It's good for a man to recognize he can't fix everything. You know, sometimes my wife's not looking for me to fix anything, neither. She's just wanting somebody to listen to her. Some men can't get that through their head. When, when I grew up, it was their thick head, but I don't say that anymore. <laughs> Some of you guys didn't get it. Thank the Lord. It's almost like all my jokes. I'll say this. Allow your heart to have a burden. Number two, the Bible says, cast thy burden upon the Lord. Go to Christ with your burden. You have a choice to go to Christ with your burden. Some people have a sinful soul and they're dabbling in sin and sin has left you like it always leaves people. Sin will leave you destitute. It'll leave you unfulfilled. Sin never satisfies. Sin never solves the problem. Sin makes your life worse. And if you keep going further and further into sin, it will not, you're not going to get any better. It's going to keep getting worse. If you're struggling with laziness, it's not going to get any better if you keep being lazy. If you're struggling with anger, it's not going to keep getting any better if you keep going towards anger. If you're struggling with relationships and relationship dependent and you think you need to have a relationship with somebody the opposite gender to have peace with God. And you keep running from relationship to relationship and you're in another one before you're out of one. I'm just here to tell you that's not going to solve your problem. God doesn't design somebody else to meet all your needs. Jesus can meet all your needs. And the issues of sin can only be solved by the Lord. Have you ever been convicted of your sin? Have you ever seen yourself without, as someone without the Lord? If you've never been under Holy Spirit conviction, if you've never been burdened over the fact that you have offended a holy God and that an innocent man named Jesus Christ came to this earth and died for your sins on Calvary, I want to encourage you today, consider that Jesus loved you so much that he was willing to shed his blood so that you could be saved. And if you've got a burden, if you're burdened in your heart over the issue of your sin and your sin has become heavy, Jesus says, come cast your burden upon me. I'll take that. The Bible says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus has come into the world to save sinners. He came here to save you. He didn't come here to condemn you. We preached about that last week. Jesus doesn't hate you. Jesus loves you. Jesus offers to forgive you. Jesus made a way for your sins to be forgiven. And maybe you've got that burden. The burden of salvation is on your heart today. Be saved before it's eternally too late. Some people have burdens on their hearts because they failed after they were saved. There was some manner of failure after salvation and their burden. Sometimes the failures of sin can humiliate you. It's hard to come out in public again. I, I made a big mistake. People know what I've done. I want to encourage you to be humble enough and be like David. And don't quit going to the Lord's house even after you blow it. Even after you make a big mistake. God's willing to forgive you and God can help you. Maybe there's a burden of failure. I know that many people have a burden of broken dreams. They had a dream for how their life was going to develop and their dreams weren't fulfilled. Their dreams didn't, weren't realized. And there's a huge heavy burden about what has taken place in their life. The Bible says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Some people are burdened that their children have not yet been saved. I want to tell you young people this. Mom and dad can't force you to get saved. God doesn't have any grandchildren. Just because your parents were saved doesn't mean you're saved. You've got to come to the Lord for yourself. And the Lord loved you. 
And maybe you'll take a longer path or maybe you'll take a shorter path than I took. But I just encourage you, get on that path for the Lord. Parents, if your children are unsaved, you can't save them, but God can save them. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Sometimes people have a burden of bad decisions that were made by others. Sometimes people have financial burdens that are completely out of their control. Some bill that came and you just couldn't pay it. We heard of a person in our own church membership this week. And by the way, it's good to see Bill Piper here today. Amen. We've been praying for Brother Bill. Broke his back and he's back in church. Only because we brought him breakfast yesterday. Amen, Brother Bill. No, I'm just kidding. It's not our... He came because he wanted to. I thank the Lord for him. But sometimes people have financial burdens that have fallen to them and they're totally out of their control. I want to hear, I'm here to tell you, cast your burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain you. Some people have that burden for lost souls. If you don't have a burden for lost souls, you may be far from God. You know, today I'm standing behind this sacred desk and I'm preaching to the souls of men. And if you've never been saved by the grace of God, I want to invite you as a minister of the gospel, as a preacher of righteousness, as somebody who knows Jesus Christ by way of salvation. If you don't know the Lord, if you've never been saved. If you've never been born again, why don't you take this service today to say, I want to get this issue of my salvation settled. I want to get saved today. You say, what will people think of me if I come up front to get saved? There's going to be people in this room who are shouting hallelujah and so thankful that you're going to come. Don't you let the devil talk you into thinking that people are going to judge you if you come forward to salvation. That's what the church is all about. It's for people to get saved and get right with God and also this, to cast thy burden upon the Lord. There's some people here today and I, I may not have described your burden. There are people with heavy burdens today. Yesterday as we prayed in a, a room, we, we, got, we had a room full of our men and then we just got into a private room with a handful of us guys. And we were kind of more personally sharing some of our our needs, our thoughts, and our prayers in that room. And it got pretty real in that place. And it was very evident to me that there were burdens that men were carrying, men that I love and that I'm close with that I had no idea. Some of you, I don't know your names or don't know them very well. I know you by way of your face and you come to church, but I don't know your burdens. Can I just tell you today that there's not a burden you carry that God doesn't understand. And he wants you to cast your burden on him. In just a moment, we're going to call people to come to the altar. If you want to come and pray, these little steps up here are places where people can kneel and pray to the Lord. And maybe you need to bring some burden before the Lord and cast it upon the Lord. Here's my encouragement to you when you're casting your burden on the Lord. It may be painful and you may shed tears. But when you pray to the Lord, pray to the Lord believing that he has an answer to it. Because God does have an answer to our problems. You, it may not come in the, 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 what you want. A lot of us, that's all we can pray. Lord, we want this and we want that. Would you do, do, do it? Because I want it this way. How many of you understand that God doesn't answer your prayers the way you want? But he does answer his, your prayers the way he would want to. And you need to trust the Lord with that. Our prayers should be offered in faith and in hope. You know, I want to live such a life, and I want to say this in closing. We're going to stand in just a moment. I want to live a life that when they're laying my body to rest, that God can answer some of my prayers after I'm off this world, after I'm off of this earth. God knows the prayers of his people. And it may take some tragedy in our lives for some of my prayers to be answered, or God may be doing something I don't understand. All I know is this. 
I'm trusting in God, come what may, to hear the prayers of his people and for him to help me carry my burden. The Bible talks about the Lord sustaining you. He'll come alongside you and he'll help you bear that burden. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. We'll prepare for this verse of invitation. We're not in a hurry here today. I hope you're not thinking about lunch. I hope you're not thinking about what you left in the, in the oven. I hope you're thinking about whatever God spoke to your heart about during this service. We already have people that are coming to the, to the altar. And we want to encourage you today to come to the altar and give your burdens to the Lord. Sometimes you can't mention a burden that you have publicly. But God wants to hear your prayer. I want to invite you to come today. As Brother John sings this first verse, won't you come?
praying. Let's let's sing God is so good with no music. God is so good. God is so to the church. Uh, Thursday night I went to a, a good place on the other side of Fort Worth. It's 1.5 miles away from here. It's a place called Texas Roadhouse. And if you want to get a hamburger steak for about $10.99, they call it Roadkill. And they will cover it with cheese, mushrooms, and onions. And so if you're not hungry yet, hopefully you're hungry now. And uh, this is Brother Carla A. Come on up here to this and face negation. I'm sorry. This is a hard part for people joining the church. You know, this man's a preacher's son. He's a PK. <laughs> and uh, Brother Tim has come to, the, to know the Lord. He got saved at a young age. He told me he got saved at the age of five. Uh, Brother Tim, you know the Lord is your Savior? Yes. How many of you believe that God can save children? Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. He was baptized in a Baptist church, and uh, they'd served at a church up north here uh, a few years ago, and then they moved to a church in Wichita Falls, and then around the COVID time, they've been watching services online, but they determined it was time to come to church and uh, come to the Metropolitan Baptist Church. This is Carla. This is Carla Abrams. Carla, uh, she came to know the Lord after she was serving in a church. <laughs> and she told me her testimony how that uh, she got saved at a camp out in Colorado. And when she gave her testimony at church, another person got saved. You know, sometimes people don't get saved until they're later in life, even if they come to church. Uh, but she was baptized in the Baptist church as well. And they'd like to join our church by statement today. I'd like to recommend that to the church. Do I hear a motion in second? Chester and Brother Allen, all the membership, if you're receiving the Abrams family into the church, raise a hand. Amen. All right. So you're not going to be dismissed until after you come. Thankful. Thank you for, we, we love you guys, and we're looking forward to getting to know them better. He was a music to it. Sometimes his hair shakes when he's singing. And, uh, you know, he's a little different than some of our men who have no hair left. And so, you know, I, I start moving down here and I'm moving, losing my hair. Daniel's rubbing off on me. And John, uh, I'm just, I'm playing with you guys. Hey, hey, low blow. <laughs> All right, we're going to be dismissed and uh, make sure you come down and shake the Abrams hand. Thank you guys for being willing to join. You know, this is what we require membership. If you're saved by the grace of God and you've been baptized by immersion in a church of like faith, you can join our church. 
by a statement like them. And uh, sometimes I don't do a very good job of explaining to people how to join the church. Um, but uh, I, I do need to con converse with people about, you know, your background, where you were saved, where you were baptized. And if you'd like to join our church, all you need to do is say, Pastor, I'd like to talk to you about that. And trust me, it'd be a thrill of my heart to talk to you about receiving you into this membership if you're a born-again believer. And uh, we just thank the Lord for them joining the church today. That's, uh, we had a family join last month. And now's the month of February. Last Sunday in February, we had a family join this month. And we're hoping that we can have at least one family join every other month this year. Amen. Bring somebody with you next week. What a crowd we have today. Thank you for coming to the Metropolitan Baptist Church. Give yourselves a big hand. Amen. Amen. Brother John, if you'd come to the pulpit and we're our dismissal prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Don't forget we have a brief nursery meeting over here after we're done. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we th we're thankful for your love for us. We're thankful for what you did for us on the cross. Lord, thank you for a wonderful day. Thank you for this uh, couple coming and joining. We give you all the praise and glory for that. Lord, uh, have your will in our lives. Bring us back safely tonight. Uh, help us to do your will. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.